So, Birdo, there's a new Darth Vader in town, and his name is Kylo Ren. Oh, dude, don't say anything. I've only seen it once. Spoiler alert for this entire episode. We just saw Star Wars Episode Seven last night, you and I. That's right. And we thought we would do an episode on the psychology of Kylo Ren. Yeah. So there's going to be tons of spoilers, so do not listen to this if you haven't seen it. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I am chair of the Couple and Family Therapy Program at Antioch University, Seattle, and I'm also a psychotherapist. My name is Humberto Castaneda. I repair lightsabers. So let's get into some of the non-psychology bits just to sort of introduce this episode. Kylo Ren is played by Adam Driver. Let's talk about him for a second. What do you know about Adam Driver? Uh, he was uh, the guy in Grandma's Boy with the... Oh my! No, just kidding, just kidding. Was that him? I, no, no, I don't think. But doesn't it look a little like him? No, that's not him. Yeah. No, I know, but it looks a little. It's reminiscent. Kind of, yeah. That's why for a little bit it was actually kind of funny. I was like, "Oh, he's like, how can he see me?" <laughs> <laughs> Do you know anything about Adam Driver? I don't think so. I, th- I well, let me tell you. Yeah. He's 32, born in San Diego, and raised in a small town in Indiana. After 9/11, he joined the Marines. He injured himself mountain biking before he could be deployed to Iraq, though. Whoa. So he never actually served. He was, you know, honorably discharged, I think they, they say. After that, he went to Juilliard to study drama. He was studying drama before 9-11. And his breakout role was in, do you know what TV show? No. Girls. Oh. You know, have you ever seen that show? I've never seen that show. Oh, well, he's, I think, the main girl's boyfriend yeah. for a while. The main girl's guy. Yeah, and there's this funny scene that someone sent me a clip of him and her are in the shower, and he has sort of a shit-eating grin on his face, and uh, what's the main girl and girls, the writer, what's her name? Yeah, I don't know. I don't anyway, know. her. She, yeah. She's in the shower. And she got she, in trouble recently, or like there was a scandal recently, because she wrote her book, and she talked about... Uh, some some sexual experience when she was young. Yeah, yeah, she was talking about how she made her younger sister do sexual acts. Oh, right, 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 right. And people afterwards were saying, you sexually abused your younger sister. Right. And she became very defensive and said, like, it wasn't sexual abuse. What are you talking about? And it's like, um, right. yeah, it kind is. of yeah. was sexual abuse. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's within context. She's not... She was like seven or something? Yeah, she's just a little bit older, but yeah. but she should have, I think, had a more politically responsive... So her character is in the shower. Yeah, and Adam Driver is uh, peeing on her leg, uh, <laughs> and she gets grossed out, and he just grins even bigger as she like runs out of the shower. Oh, uh, gross. <laughs> anyway, that's part of his character. That's in... so gross. She ran out of the shower wet? I know. And he was also in the movie This Is Where I Leave You with Oh! with Ben Stiller. I haven't seen that. Oh, it's pretty good. It's basically about an older couple with Ben Stiller and Naomi Watts. I heard it's good. And the younger couple is Adam Driver okay. and... I forget who the girl is, but so I should watch that. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, and did you see the si- the early signs in those movies? Oh, sorry. I, while we were young, is did I say this is where I leave yeah, you? Yeah, this is where I leave you. <laughs> while we were young is the movie we're talking about. He was also in a movie, This Is Where I Leave You, oh, okay. which is about a 
uh, family where the father dies. Ah, uh, yeah, that sounds a lot more familiar. Because when you said this is where I leave you, I thought I knew what you were talking about, but then when yeah. you started describing it, I was like, oh, right. And that <laughs> movie has the guy from Arrested Development, Justin yeah. Justin Bateman. Yeah, is it Jason Bateman? Jason or Bateman. Jason, Jason Bateman. Bateman. I always get that mixed up. Justine Bateman is his sister, right? Right. I think that's where I get it mixed yeah. up. So let's talk about his performance in Episode Seven, Adam Driver. What do you think? Um. Okay, so I'm split on 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 this. Um, I think when he ha- when he was wearing the mask, uh, and I didn't know who he was or what he looked like, uh, I it was a very convincing bad guy. I was sold. I was like, okay, I'm scared. This guy seems very powerful and everything. Now they they actually did a good job that when he's revealed. Then immediately you see like this incredible vulnerability and uh, like self doubt and all these things, yeah. even just in his facial expression, right. let alone in how and what he continues to say and all these things. So they actually, I feel like they, they maybe it's they cast him maybe on that uh, on that appearance on purpose because he kind of looks like someone who might be a conflicted young man, right? right. Yeah, he's a soft character. He has a soft side to him. Um, but he's also but he's also very manly. Do you know what I mean? He's he's yeah, tall. He's got, yes, that's right. He's got a strong strong facial features. And but he but he definitely has a vulnerability to him, and I definitely saw that. I yeah. thought that was a good choice. I, I will say one thing. <laughs> spoiler! 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 He did not look like what I would imagine their son looking like. Han and Leia. Right. Yeah. Well, you got to make some choices. I know, I know. So that aside, yeah. <laughs> uh, I did think there were some very touching, moving moments with him, like <laughs> with him and Han, yeah. that turned into some very disastrous moments. Um, but he, overall, I like him. I like him as a character. I like him as a bad guy. And it's obvious, you, you learn towards the end of the movie that he's just getting started. He's a baby bad guy. Right. You know, at first, the first scene, you're like, okay. This is like Darth Vader. Right. Then you realize, oh, no, 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 no. He's nowhere near Darth Vader. He's yeah. learning. He's yeah. very insecure. He's all these things, right? Right. Because Finn, who has never used a lightsaber before in his life, right. managed manages to land to, a blow. Yeah, he manages to last longer in the ring than you would have thought possible. <laughs> right. Well, the, the thing I really liked about this character and the way J.J. Abrams directed it, him was that he's uh, a little affected, a little... A little stylized, yeah. but but not too much. You know, like when you think about characters like Batman, the most recent Batman, or Bane, these characters are like really stylized That's to right. the point of cartoonish and, yeah, and annoying. Absolutely. And and you could have easily made this character really stylized, yep. or stylized in a way that was really annoying. Like the voice was understandable, mm-hmm. but menacing at the same time, and the ca- <laughs> the. the do you know what I mean? I love that line early early on though, where Poe is like captured by him, yeah, and he's like, "No, we got to talk." And Poe's like, "Listen, I I can't really understand you with all the robotic getup." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, "Well, he." The first thing he says is, "So, do you talk first, or do I talk?" Yeah, first? yeah. So, so how do we do this? You yeah, talk first, because because the whole mask thing is a little yeah. confusing to me. What do you think of his hair? Uh, the long flowing black. I'm pretty sure that's a wig. Snape, Snape hair. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just thought, I mean, the one funny thing about it was that helmet is very small. It's actually small in comparison to Darth that's Vader's right. huge helmet. 
and he takes it off, and, and then instantly his his hair. his hair is just big and flowy and yeah <laughs> and moosed and stuff. But anyway, there there. There is that aspect, which I think will now get darker, especially since he's been scarred and stuff. There is an aspect of him that is comical in a way. Like, like it's hard to take him seriously without his helmet, which I think if they did it on purpose is fairly genius, right? Because with, with his helmet on, everyone's like, oh, yes. Oh, yes, Lord, whatever his name is. Right? It's like, oh, yes, Darth Raven or whatever. But with his helmet off, that's why he doesn't want to keep his helmet off very long because it's like, dude, you're just a kid. Come right. on. Relax, guy. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Maybe that's one of the backstory motivations. Yeah. And then now he's going to be scarred and meaner and he's crossed over the dark side. Yeah. And- Although when we see the flashback to the Knights of Ren, when Ray touches Luke's old lightsaber, you see a group of the Knights of Ren a bunch of baddies and they're all wearing helmets and they're all wearing black oh helmets. i didn't remember that okay. so maybe it's like a maybe it's a part of the cost like a uniform yeah. thing that's right uniform yeah <laughs> also he's tall which is good i think and he's all he has a dark quality to him he also has like a pale skin quality to him yeah. that is good for a, a kylo ren he's lanky yep the way I, I really like the way they designed his costume and how it accentuates his long, lanky youth. And, and I gotta say, the the initial scene with him down in Jakku, uh, like regulating, yeah, it is badass. Yeah. You know, he's just like so powerful. It seems that that's one aspect that I feel like um, there is obviously a great power to him. Yeah. Because he demonstrated some stuff as far as his control of the Force that we hadn't seen before from any of the characters. Right. Because you you hadn't seen Darth Vader, for example, Force extract thoughts from people's heads. Right. And you hadn't seen like someone stop a bolt in midair. Right. Darth was very good at deflecting, and right. clearly no lo- no no one was going to shoot at Darth Vader and ha- and harm him. That wasn't right. going to happen. Uh, and he was clearly way more in control of his emotions and everything. Right. But this kid clearly has a lot of raw power. Right. Yeah, I liked that. I liked how they added new Dark Force stuff, which is interesting. I love how I can call a 32-year-old a kid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the story just, just for a second. For, for those, again, this is spoiler alert, and presumably you've seen the movie. And if you're still listening and you haven't seen the movie, <laughs> please stop. Please stop listening and, and go You've watch the movie. You've done a lot yeah. of harm to yourself. <laughs> so according to the internet, he is not only the child of Han and Leia, but he's the first, quote-unquote, first child. So maybe that's relating to the books or the comic books or something. But okay. anyway, so there's an implication that there might be other children for Han and Leia. And they, and they never talked about not having other children in the it, movie, you know? What I'm really hoping is that we don't find in the second movie in episode eight uh, we meet Lando, and Lando's like, well, you know, my child was also stolen when I was a kid. Probably ended up as a stormtrooper. Yeah. You know, like, I don't want everyone to be everyone's child. <laughs> yeah, it's a little silly when that happens, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't put it past him, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Ben, his, his, he was born Ben Solo. Right, because you hear Han say, Ben! Yeah. And I just love that. Ben is such a, because it's Obi-Wan. Right. And Ben is such a 32-year-old name these days. When I think of Ben's... Oh, interesting. <laughs> I think of 30-something people. Interesting. Ben was taken by, uh, was taken, uh, by his uncle, Luke Skywalker, so Luke is his uncle, to become his Jedi apprentice in Luke's new Jedi Academy as a, as a younger person. 
That's what we know. That's what we were told. Although we don't know how long this lasted. And, and I am hoping it didn't last very long for the sake of understanding why he's not that developed, like why his lightsaber is not as well constructed, all these kind of things. Right. Luke is the last Jedi in the, in the galaxy, and so he decides he's going to train others in right. his new Jedi Academy. He's drawn to the dark side, and perhaps Snoke is involved. The the Emperor Snooky isn't she in uh, Snooky in New Jersey Shores? Yeah. Who uh, let's see. So Snoke made him master of the Knights of Ren, which we don't know much about, and so he changed his name to Kylo Ren because that's the Knights of Ren. I think they're doing Ren instead of Darth. You know how they would like Darth Maul, Darth. So I think maybe like all the bad guys now now will have the last name of Ren or something. I don't know. Yeah, it seemed that way. Kylo then killed the rest of Luke's apprentices. Apprentices. Wait, wait. Where are you finding this out? This is on Wikipedia. Oh, don't read this stuff. I don't want to know. <laughs> no, because these are spoilers for the next movie. Uh, the rest are fine. Luke disappeared, as we know. Kylo uh, Ren then decided to hunt for Luke and wanted to kill him. Luke left a map in R2, and R2 went into, quote-unquote, power-saving mode. Uh, hibernate. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kylo became an, an ally of the First Order and trained under Snoke. And the movie takes place about 30 years after the Battle of Endor. Somehow, Poe gets a part of the map of Luke. Uh, he's given it, uh, he, the, that old guy, uh, which we see in the beginning of the movie, gives Poe mm-hmm. part the other part of the map that... that, right. that but they didn't know that R2 had a part. Right. That was kind of miraculously revealed. <laughs> right. Poe gets captured by Kylo on Jakku, but gives the map to BB-8 before he gets captured. BB-8 is saved by Rey, who probably felt something in the Force and, and went to go save BB-8 from that other scavenger. Ray brings BB-8 to the Resistance. R2 wakes up for some unknown reason. Maybe when Han died, Luke felt the ripple in the Force and Luke turned on R2, or I don't know. And then so R2 and BB-8 add their pieces of the map, and then Ray follows the map to Luke. Anyway, so let's talk about Kylo Ren's lightsaber. So according to Wikipedia... His lightsaber is based on an ancient design dating back to the great scourge of Malachor, which relied upon a cracked kyber crystal. So this is getting super nerdy. So if, if you know the books and the video games... And, which I thought they disavowed, by the way. Which they might. Yeah. We, we'll see going forward. But essentially, or uh, apparently, this, this design in a lightsaber wasn't the first time we've seen it in the various different permutations of the story of star wars that someone made a lightsaber that had a cracked crystal and it makes that weird kind of blade that seems to crackle and quite dangerous and and it makes it more powerful essentially and in order to vent some of the pressure you have to have those side things so that explains those those lateral plasma vents as the signature cross guard uh situation what do you think about that Oh, I, I have made my thoughts well known on this matter, both previously and online. I will just repeat them. Uh, I think that is way too unsafe, even for a Jedi, to uh, have these little lights, side lightsabers that could cut your hand 
And uh, but we know. see in episode seven him using it against oh, against not, Finn. He uh, he pokes I'm, him in the in the shoulder when they're definitely not debating the fact that those are dangerous for everyone involved. <laughs> I'm just saying they're also dangerous for the wielder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he's a dangerous he's a dangerous dangerous, he, dangerous villain. You're too dangerous. <laughs> okay, so let's get into the psychology of Kylo Ren. So, what can you say, Birdo? that we know about his backstory, and I'm guessing we'll learn more. As yeah. Well. But what can we say that is the most critical event that we can say, of, or a critical situation regarding his upbringing that would affect his psychology negatively? Uh, on the one hand, there's the mystical, and then there's the psychological that might apply to a normal human being. And what I'm saying is... Let's treat him like a normal human being. Okay, first let's treat him like a normal human being. But I do want to mention the other thing later. So as a normal human being... Conceivably, after the war is over, Han and Leia start a normal household. You know, um, they ended up apart. Although Han indicated that it was most that it might have been mostly because what, what's Kylo Ren left or Ben left, but they might have had struggles. So there's there's maybe that right. Like Leia wanted to keep being in charge, and Han maybe was not happy being a home person. So there might have been a little bit of a home struggle. Uh, the other thing is they probably didn't mention anything about Darth Vader or anything. Like they kept a lot of his past probably hidden from him. Mm. And I could imagine him later as a teenager finding out things from this other dude, Snooky, and knowing like being like, you lied to me. You never told me how my true ancestry. Interesting. You know, stuff like that. And so I hadn't then, thought about that. And then he could rebel. And then Luke's like, no, you know, you don't know the whole story. Ah! <laughs> oh, interesting. And then, you know, but, but I, I still feel like there's probably more. I, oh, by the way, something you said. Uh, first child. Yeah. What if he does have another brother or sister? I don't think it's what's her name because I mean Han would have you know probably recognized his own with, child with Ray. Yeah, but let's say it's another brother. Let's say and it's yeah. a younger brother, and there could be just kind of a a situation where they sent him away to the Jedi Academy, but they got to the younger ones got to stay back, or there could be something even more dramatic there where he became like fine, I'm you know, or Snoke could have like influence and like they don't love you like they love Johnny. You know, uh, another thing that I was wondering is I get the sense that he knew Poe, like they might have known each other before. Uh, Poe certainly kind of talked about it. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Like when Poe was talking to him, Poe did not seem intimidated. Right. And maybe that's just his style. But I also kind of got the sense like, well, do I talk for him? And when he said, like, it's kind of hard to talk with the whole robot get up. Yeah. He knew who he was, apparently. Oh. And so did the old guy. Right. Uh, Max von Sydow. Remember, is that the like, old guy in the very beginning? Yeah, he's like... He's Who is like, that guy? Well, I think he got left in charge. or I don't know. He obviously knows Han and Leia. Right. Because he's like, you know who you are. You know who... you know. He, he must have been friends of their family or something. I, I, they haven't really made that explicit. Yeah. I also got the sense that if Luke did leave uh, Rey, if that is like the relation, or whoever left her might have, might have said, hey, uh, Max von Sydow, Keep an eye out on. Oh. But, but but what I don't understand about that is like why leave her as a slave? Maybe so they couldn't identify her, kind of thing. I don't know. Right. It's it's, it's a little tricky, but yeah. Right. So so good. I think you hit on the main points here. The things that I would highlight are the ver- the they alluded to a lot of conflict between Han and Leia. Mm-hmm. So we're imagining a young Han and Leia raising a child, Ben. 
and they're fighting all the time. We can imagine Han is restless and doesn't like to be domesticated. I mean, can you imagine domesticated <laughs> Han Solo? And really, even domesticated Leia. Yeah, I mean, she, she's used to you know traveling the stars and and that's being right. in charge of things that's and, right it must have been that must have been hard for any child right and we're probably actually i hadn't thought about this the whole like first order probably emerged a, a while ago and the resistance and so leia yeah, and han pro, leia probably had to get involved in that and han was probably like not again i'm, I'm just gonna go back to smuggling screw it and so Ben is like wrapped up in all of this. Well, it's it's funny to think about that these are pe- these would be people with problems like everyone else, right? But Han clearly is not good with money. Yeah, right. Because yeah. like you would think he's obviously a good smuggler. He's obviously a good yeah. You know, but but somehow he's always broke or on the verge of like owing everyone money. He's not good with money. He was probably not good with money domestically. Yeah. So it is very possible that there were always money arguments too. Yeah. You know. Right. <laughs> And I'm thinking in future movies, they're going to show some dark stuff between Han and Leia because that's a major plot point that they have to... You mean like flashbacks? Yeah, or just even going back in time. Oh, and I'll get into that. Actually, we're going to do another episode in which we just review the movie and I'll get into like the future movies that are proposed. But essentially, uh, what I'm saying is that they, they're going to potentially have to explain either through flashbacks or even by having prequels to Seven, if that makes any sense. Like six point five episode six point five. Uh, so so one one thing though is the the Han Leia they also say hey not all of it was bad right and so right they totally. must have had a good time a good right. period of time right well they had to have that talk because Han was about to be killed yeah. in the in later and so yeah. that was their final talk yeah. but this also things must have been sufficiently bad, right, for them to... I mean, they they fell in love. They were bonded. You know, they had a child. For them to b- divorce or break up or whatever. Yeah, they, but the only thing is Han does say, I mean, I left because I felt responsible for losing Ben. You know? Right. So it could have... They might have been... It may not have to do with them being fighting and stuff. Might, might not, but... We could assume there must have been some fighting. I mean, they they so, would have stuck together if there, there, there wasn't. is. You're absolutely right. There's something else that what I was saying about like humans versus not humans. Um, Leia did say there's too much of Vader in him, yeah. and they said that about Luke back in the movies, right? right. Like it's like, well, there's too much of your father in you, right? right. And I want to get into that too, be in a little bit around how often in families people because Vader was dead when Ben was born. And somehow his presence was still known. And we don't have to use the force to, or force ghosts to really think about that. A lot of times, grandchildren will be treated as if they are exact replicas of their grandparents or some other figure in the family and sort of socialized to be like them in unconscious ways by a family. But I'll get into more of that later. So research shows that regarding abandonment, so that, you know, Han and Leia abandoned their child they gave they gave him to luke and either out of you know exasperation in their family uh, or they just wanted him to be trained by luke who knows but at the very least we you know when you have a child and this is something that a lot of people don't really recognize particularly in the past they would send kids away to boarding school and this sort of thing this has a tremendously negative effect on children and research shows that when you abandon children and also when you have fighting Mar- maritally it, with your parents 
that it leads to criminal behavior uh, sometimes, increase in difficulties with emotional regulation. So we see criminal behavior in him or what we would call like, you know, criminal violence, shall we say, antisocial violence. He has definite problems with emotional regulation, right? I mean, he just goes to town on things. He breaks things when he's angry. Yeah, Darth, you never saw that with Darth Vader. Right, right. I mean, he started, oh, I said the closest was he would kill all his second, well, second in command. Right. So that was an interesting <laughs> difference in that in that Kylo Ren rarely uh, there was one scene where he chokes one of his underlings. I don't but, think he killed him even. Did but he? Yeah, we don't know if he killed yeah. him. But when he got angry, he would destroy things, which I thought was a, a really great choice because it made it feel, I don't know, just more childish or, yeah. or more real. Yeah, because with Vader, it was always like, dude, you're not going to get a rise out of me. But if you fail me, I'm just saying. Yeah. It's I'm like a, a mobster. Right? right, right. He's using it to intimidate. Yeah. Whereas Kylo Ren is by himself destroying things. And those two stormtroopers like, so, oh, and they turn around. So yeah, Kylo, Kylo, Kylo Ren doesn't even know <laughs> anyone scene, is, is noticing. He's, he's literally losing his shit. That's you right. know what I mean? Not literally. That's a great scene, by the way, when they're, the two stormtroopers are coming down the hallway. Yeah. They see all the sparks flying. They're like, there he goes again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> turn the other yeah. way. Um, oh, and by the way, I, I think it's very likely that Luke gave them, gave him the Darth Vader helmet as when he was younger, but in, you know, he was trying to be like, maybe Luke is the one either. I, here's one scenario. Snoke tells him, Oh, they're not telling you everything about your past. You should inquire. And then he confronts Luke. And then maybe in that exchange looks like, look, here is your grandfather. But then he like takes the helmet and then later fetishes it, you know, fetishizes it or fe- whatever idolizes it. That's one part. Cause I was thinking, how did he get the helmet? Well, Luke would have had the helmet. Yeah. Right. Um, Maybe, or maybe he just went to the to Endor and and retrieved it from the woods. Who knows? Maybe. Or Snoke, or got Snoke it. got it. Yeah. Or on eBay. I mean, maybe they have eBay. <laughs> well, they must have had eBay for the lightsaber, right? Oops, lightsaber. <laughs> so other things that are associated with abandonment and parental conflict are externalizing in children. What they call externalizing when you're upset, you you externalize your anger. You make your anger known to people. Relationship problems exist uh, often among children of situations like this, and he definitely had relationship problems. Self-destructive behavior, he seemed self-destructive in some ways. Drug abuse, which doesn't really exist in the Star Wars universe or in the movies anyway. And personality problems like borderline and narcissism, antisocial, sadism, this sort of thing. All right, so let's get into the personality problems. So first off, I've talked a lot about Borderline before, and just I won't go into the details, but he doesn't really exhibit Borderline personality. There's some elements like he suddenly turns he 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 he, he suddenly really wants Han as his father and and is seemingly very soft with him, and then suddenly turns on him. That's sort of a Borderline trait, but and he's also targeting he he you know presumably really loved his master Luke at one point, and then suddenly turned on him. So there's some borderline issues, but but you know borderline is a very complicated personality disorder to portray in a movie, and they didn't really go in that direction. Another personality problem we could talk about is sadism. Did you think he was sadistic, Bruno? Yeah. Also, um, he what's, loved, the, what's the definition of sadism? 
Uh, well, I guess he enjoys seeing pain and yeah. you know inflicting right. pain or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Did he enjoy inflicting pain on other people? I I felt so because he was like, uh, you know, what about the villagers? Kill them all. Yeah. Right. And what and like when he was trying to get information out, it's like I think he got a little bit of a kick of being able to like. You know, for all we know, maybe this is not the case. For all we know, he could have force extracted knowledge without the pain part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, because I actually thought that what he was doing was kind of crushing the skull. Yeah. It, it they made it sound like yeah. that. So I was like, Ugh. Oh, there was another force, new force uh, ability where he made Ray fall asleep. Fall asleep. Uh, you know what, though? Uh, no, no, you're right. I was thinking I've seen. I don't think I've that seen in, that before. No, but you might be right. Yeah. So, well, that's interesting. I would say that he wasn't sadistic. I mean, there's certainly evidence, as, as you're pointing out. But I think you could say all of the violence that he you know, perpetrated was instrumental, they say. That's in that it, it all had a purpose. He wouldn't, for instance, when he was angry, he could have easily been like, Okay, I'm gonna kill a bunch of stormtroopers, you know, for Great fun. Ten storm, yeah, but yeah. but he didn't do that, you know. Or you know, with the villagers, there's a reason why he killed all those people. It's because of intimidation. Jabba is sadistic. Jabba is sadistic because because he enjoys. He's got a pit. Yeah, he enjoys watching people get mauled to death by. Exactly, him. exactly. <laughs> Jabba makes the dancer fall into yeah. the rancor pit <laughs> just because. Yeah. He likes taking people out in the middle of the desert yeah. and dropping them into a pit that no one except Boba Fett ever escapes. Although you could even say Jabba was instrumental in his violence with that because he's trying to intimidate the the land. I guess, and, and also, even with the dancer, I I, ju- I just saw episode four through six in the theater uh, just before seven, and I thought I saw the dancer kind of pulling she because he had a chain and he was like pulling her close to him, you know, and, her, yeah. and his tongue comes out and she kind of resists a little bit, yeah. and I think he's like, oh, if you're going to resist me, I'm going to throw you into the ring. Yeah. So anyway, sadism is. But remember, a, they have a. a they have a thing where he he moves forward and so you can look down into yeah, yeah, the yeah. pit. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So does does Kylo Ren take pleasure? I would say they didn't really portray that. That's fair. That's that he, fair. he wasn't like ha ha ha. I killed them all. You know, it's more based on other things that I'll get into. Yeah. Uh, psychopathy or psychopath or antisocial? Did he did he exhibit psychopathy at all? Do you think? And what, um, what's what's the main characteristic of psychopathy? Yeah, I don't think he did. Well, because he, he did have plenty of emotions and uh, uh, many different, uh, even almost empathetic moments. And, right. So uh, the main characteristic that I would say that differentiates psychopathy and antisocial with other personality disorders is a lack of empathy, a lack of a conscience, if you will. And did he exhibit that he had a conscience or that he had empathy for other human beings or other, other beings? Yeah, I didn't see that. Like, to me, like the emperor and probably this other... Snooky guy, yeah. Those definitely the emperor was like, I don't care about anything or anyone. Right, right, exactly. And and I am a sadistic. Yeah. Well, (laughs) the emperor was sadistic. Well, it's hard to know because again, every move he did was for his power's sake. But how? When did we see Kylo Ren having empathy? Was there were there moments that he had empathy? Um. Oh, I'm just saying, like he uh, didn't. 
immediately kill the guy who came and said, I failed. Uh, he first destroyed his console. He only force choked him and probably didn't kill him when he mentioned something about a girl. Yeah. And then he didn't kill the pilot. He could have killed the pilot after he got the information. Right. He uh, he didn't kill what's her name. Oh, I guess he was trying to. So get the so you know, you're going for the absence of psychopathy, but what about the presence of empathy? Were, were there any moments where we see actual empathy? Well, I did. I did think there was a real moment of self doubt with Han. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's exactly empathy, but there was it's, a moment of self doubt there. Yeah, well, and, explain that a little bit because self uh, self doubt isn't isn't. Uh, Lack of psychopathy, but well, but the the reason for the self doubt could be the reason the because the self doubt wasn't should I waste my lightsaber? No, no, it was like because in fact a psychopath might actually be like I don't know if I want to use a bullet right now, like you know, but it's like no, no regard for. Whereas he was more like this is my crossing over moment, but it could also be my crossing over moment. Yeah, and so. He right. So, like, and so, because he felt for his father. Right. So the you know the the implication in that scene where they're on the catwalk is catwalk. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I just think of right said on Fred. The catwalk. Yeah. <laughs> Too sexy for my lightsaber. Um, and Kylo Ren is or Ben is is there's an implication that he is connecting with his father in that moment. His father is coming to him and saying. Ben, you don't have to do this. I see good in you. And Kylo Ren is like, there's an implication that Kylo Ren really, really feels it in that moment and isn't pretending. And when he hands over his lightsaber to Han in that in that first little bit, he actually is handing over his lightsaber. He's feeling empathy for his father. He's feeling empathy for the people that you know he could save if if he crosses over and this sort of thing. That it's it's kind of a stretch because we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. And, yeah. and but the way the, and again the overall presentation of Kylo Ren's character is one of someone who is unsure of himself. He seems to want to connect to other people. He seems to be struggling. And psychopathy doesn't seem to be the theme of yeah. his personality. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect a psychopath to have that kind of a moment. Of again, if there were a moment like that, I, I would expect it to be a lot more pragmatic about the mechanics of the thing rather than uh, another moment. Which, granted, the light side of the force is not a real thing in our world, but he has that moment where he's by himself with the Darth helmet, and he's saying, "I feel the pull of the light." so hard yeah. you know i feel it pulling and stuff like that right uh which i think it's that universe's version of having empathy in a right. way having, you know yeah well what do you think i would say so we've eliminated we've eliminated psychopathy sadism and borderline what do you think is the main characteristic personality trait that i would identify him as having starts with an n narcissistic disorder. right yeah that's true that's true Right. That's true. He's definitely all about that base. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's power hungry. He wants to get revenge. His father wronged him and he is going to wrong him back. And even to the point where the other dude, the the lieutenant, the commander guy, the Hux, Hux, general he's Hux. He's like, "Listen, buddy, don't let your personal agenda get in the way of the empire or whatever, right? right. And, and, and Kylo Ren's like, 
well, I got to go do what I got to do. You know, he's clearly putting his own self-interest and his story ahead of everything else. Right. He is styling himself as the next Darth Vader. That's right. That's, you know, it's, it's like when Kanye West styles himself as the next Jesus Jesus or when, uh, God, what was that guy's name in the eighties that said he was as big as the Beatles and then he instantly just fell from, from grace God. Oh, you mean the Oasis? No. Uh, well, there was that. Noel? God. But, God, what was this? Terrence Darby. Ta- oh. Terrence Darby? Terrence... I didn't know this. Terrence... Anyway. Anyway, uh, he, he, he thinks of himself as the next Darth Vader. That's a, that's a huge thing. It's basically like saying, yeah, you're, you're the next Hitler or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I am Hitler. And you, to believe that you are that big... Right. When you clearly aren't. Well, even if you are, that's still very narcissistic. <laughs> right. Um, giving his lightsaber over to Han meant he had to be humble now. He needed to humiliate himself, yeah. right? He needed to step below and become just another person. Yeah. But in the last moment, he said, no, I'm going to hold on to this and I'm going to kill my father because I am... Bound for greatness. I'm going to be leader of the empire. You know, this kind of thing. Yep, yep, yep. He thought he could take on anyone, even though he clearly could not. This is another narcissistic trait. <clears throat> I mean, he couldn't even uh, really defeat uh, Finn very easily, and Finn knew nothing. Ray had never used a lightsaber before, and, and she beat him. And so he, he just had a tremendous amount of belief right. in himself when he shouldn't have. If you were going to take episode three as canon, which I don't, but if you imagine if you were, um, Anakin was also, you, you would have think, you would have thought, with as powerful as Anakin was, and by that point how much training he had had and all these things, that he could, probably could have be, beaten Obi-Wan. But even at that point, Obi-Wan was... But Obi-Wan has the high ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But at that point, Anakin is still held back, Right. And there is this theme about, like, uh, if you ask the dark side people, they're like, well, yeah, he's held back because he hasn't fully given in to the dark side. And so in some ways, it was only after he was defeated and slashed and burned that the emperor might have said the similar thing. Now your true training can finish or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and clearly the Darth Vader we see after that, or at least years later, is not this, like, impulsive, amateurish, you know, dude, right? Um, similarly, at the end of this movie, he ends up beaten and, you know, almost killed and things like this. Uh, and, and the dude says, Snoke says, now his true training can, or the, the last part of his training can, can begin. Right. And so I think that, uh, that there is a transition where, uh, Anakin was narcissistic. Yeah. This guy is narcissistic. Right. But the Darth Vader afterwards was come at the antithesis of narcissist because he's like, I'm just here to serve my master. Right. So I, it's a very curious thing. Then what do you call that after, after he's no longer all about himself, but he's still an evil dude? Yeah. Is that a thing? <laughs> well, I would say that if we're going to look at the real world, people with personality disorders, particularly when they're low grade, and, and even though we would say Darth Vader, and Anakin, and Kylo Ren are fairly narcissistic, they're actually pretty low grade in terms of the clinical world. Oh, I see. But um, when you have a low-grade narcissism, 
as you age, you learn how to manage it to your for your interests. Oh. So Darth Vader is thinking, well, I want to be ruler of the universe, but my but my master is actually pretty powerful. Yeah. And so I, I want to defeat him. And actually, we could say that when Luke gives him a chance to defeat him, that that was his, his final act of narcissism. Because <laughs> in, that, in that one moment, he became ruler of, of, the, of, For the, a little bit of the galaxy. Second, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so let's get into the psychodynamics <laughs> of Kylo Ren. When we talk about psychodynamic theory, one of the key tenets is the idea of psychodynamics or the di- dynamics within your within your psyche or and one of the things that happens that we talk about a lot is inner pain or inner conflict and clearly he suffers from an inner conflict right between right. between light and dark and also we can say that in terms of psychodynamic language there was a conflict between the super ego and the id which is a very commonly known yeah. concept within uh, psychoanalysis and who who do you think in his life represented his super ego, and who do you think in his life represented his id? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think. Do you know he, what super ego and id are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I, I think that uh, all things being equal, Han is a very id person. Right. Exactly. Um, I would say Leia is very much super egoish. Right. <laughs> uh, I would say the new Luke is probably super egoish. That's right. Um. So, anyways, yeah. And Vader is and it. Vader is completely it. Yeah. Right. So as he's growing up, Leia was probably the responsible. Snoke too, yeah. yeah, Snoke. Leia was probably the responsible parent, and Han was probably just another kid. So Han is Han is id. He is drive for for self satisfaction, for excitement, for power. You know, just he he's a he wants he's not very responsible. Let's just say. Leia is super responsible, and Han and Leia are fighting as, as as he grows up, and so he internalizes a as he he he's watching his mother be very responsible, and he Ben is upset at his mother for being so responsible that it conflicts with his other loved one, his his father, and so he's in, he he is internalizing a a, a very con. Conf, conflicted superego and id dynamic. So we want children to develop in a way that they internalize a very healthy id uh, manifestation and a healthy superego manifestation. You don't want there to be an internalized conflict that continues to rage in the adult between superego and id in a way that's bigger than other people. Am I making sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Also, Luke and Vader, later in his life, perhaps in his adolescence, Luke is training him, and Luke is the superego. He's telling him to calm down, don't be narcissistic, you know, emotional regulation, be be patient, you know, control yourself. And then he's also internalizing what messages he's getting from who knows where about Vader in terms of, like, power and and kill and and you know please yourself and right. and all that id in him his grandfather and disguised as super ego in a way because you could imagine just like the emperor and star snoke could present he's, he's clearly a very manipulative very clever right so he could present information to uh the boy or the teenager in a way that sounds like it makes sense yeah sounds super egoish like but in the but in the end, it's completely driven by by an id 
And uh, you see that actually, uh, in fact, it could have been done nicely in episode uh, two and three because the actor that played the emperor is a great actor. Right? Yeah. And so you see him, that's how he, how he talks, right? He doesn't come out right, outright and say, you know, the evil side is so fun. You should definitely be evil. No, he's like, well, I've heard that. You know, sometimes I've heard this and that. And, right. And it sounds kind of like, oh, I'm just getting this wisdom from this older man. Right. And right? what it does is when you have an internal conflict with your id superego, if there is an excuse to let your ego become unleashed or you let your id become in, unleashed, then your your personality, your ego will figure out a way if there's an inner conflict to let that happen. Right. So if there's a justification, it's a defense mechanism to justify a drive that is not pro-social, something that society is saying, don't do that. But if, if you have a defense mechanism that will trick you into saying, well, it's, it, it's justified because of blank, right? It's justified for me to kill Mace Windu because I'm just trying to save my, my wife. Yeah. You know, there's, so there's justifications. But in reality, Anakin just wanted power. That's he right. wasn't really trying to save his wife. He, he wanted power over life itself. Yeah. And he wanted to be the badass guy in the universe deep down. So we can say that he had a drive for narcissistic satisfaction, as all children do. All children want to be satisfied narcissistically. All children want to, for a time, be the center of the universe. They want to be special. They, they want to be the most loved, most awesome. You know, you'll see little kids, and they'll be running in a race, and they'll be like, I'm super fast, and they're last. You know what I mean? Or they're really not very fast. But they want to believe that. And, and as parents, we want to let them believe that for themselves. And I think that for Kylo Ren growing up, for whatever reason, perhaps because of conflicts going on, he was never given that. And so he has this unmet narcissism and therefore needs to manifest that as an adult. And, and I got this sense because Leia said, uh, I saw too much of Vader in him. That's why I sent him to Luke. Remember mm -hmm. that? Uh, you could imagine that even as a young child, he might have been a little off because of the dark side, right? Right. Well, so there's that. That's the mystical side. But if we're just going on the human side, maybe whenever Ben acted out in a normal way, the way all children do, Leia just labeled it as Vader. Well, that, that's why I'm bringing it up because this happens in the real world all the time. Right. Like, like you were saying, oh, you know, we had to send him to a reformatory. We had to put right. him up for adoption. We had to. Because he was going to be just like yeah. un uncle or grandfather. Uncle <laughs> yeah. And, and so that's the worry. And, and I see that a lot as a family therapist parents will bring in their seven-year-olds into therapy and they've already written the future for this child. That's they right. say, he's going to be a drug addict. He's going to be blank. He's going to be blank. And I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, there's no way to know that. And plus, the things you're looking at are pretty benign. Oh, that's interesting because you could have even imagined that along the f early years, it's like, oh, don't be, your, don't be like your grandpa. Right. Don't be, you know, stuff like that. The other... And, and just to put a fine point on that, when you do that to children... They tend to say, they tend to get two messages. There's something wrong with them, which hurts them. Yes. And they also get a message that they are like their yeah. grandfather. And that's a, that's, but you're basically programming that child to become the thing you don't want them to that's become. Right. And then uh, you could also imagine this um, he goes off and is with Luke for a while, right? But Luke to him is, let's think about what Luke is to him. Luke is an uncle. Yeah. And uncles are important, right? Right. But 
the grandpa that he might now start learning about, he then might be told or get the sense that Luke killed, even though it's not exactly right, right? Right. But imagine Snoke's like, who do you think killed your grandfather? Luke. Yeah. Your I didn't uncle, think about that. Right? Think about how conflicted Ben would be. It's like, oh, I had a grandfather. I love my grandfather. Wait, my uncle killed my grandfather? Right. Like, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. the story he probably heard growing up was, you know, your grandfather... He, he saved the empire in the end because – or he saved the republic in the end because he, he took care of a very bad man. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You know, he could have heard this story growing up. Yeah. And then later it's like, that's not the story at all. Right. And there's often conflict between master and Padawan, right? And as those conflicts come up, Ben might have been like – like, well – you know, how dare you say that? You know, you killed my grandfather. and, and That's you, you, not true. Yeah. <laughs> okay, another thing, we talk about defense mechanisms in psychodynamic theory, and I won't go into the specifics here, but essentially when you're having difficulty and you're witnessing your parents fighting and you're being abandoned and, and your father's acting like an irresponsible smuggler, a nerf herder, if you will, <laughs> and what you, do to, what you do is you try to cope psychodynamically. And one of the ways you cope is by internalizing a strong figure like Darth Vader. So as a, at an early age, Ben is internalizing the image of Darth. He doesn't know Darth Vader. He doesn't know Anakin Skywalker. He just is hearing things. There's lots of rumors, you know. There's no photos in Star Wars. That's one thing. There's no photos. <laughs> well, they did show in Episode Three like a video recording. Oh yeah. Anyway, but uh, he, he, you know, why does he wear a mask? You know, we don't know. Maybe the Knights of Ren, you have to wear masks. But he, maybe he wears a mask because he's trying to internalize his, 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 his grandfather as someone strong. He's trying to, he feels weak. He feels vulnerable, and he is internalizing the invulnerable Darth Vader. He has a red lightsaber just like Darth Vader. You know, he could have had any color lightsaber, right? And when he feels pain and uncertainty, he goes to the helmet and talks to the helmet of Darth Vader. Uh, okay, so just a little bit about the family system. Rebecca Bloom, remember the art therapist, Rebecca Bloom, our, yep. our friend? Yep. She texted me and said, you should do an episode on the family system of, of Ben and, and Han and Leia. The thing is, is we don't know much about the family system yet. I mean, we, we, we've heard very little references and so it's hard to hard to say but we we've touched on some of it but just to get into some specifics regarding family systems theory we talk about triangulation a lot which was made famous by murray bowen which i've talked about before but anyway the main triangle we see is ben vader and han when ben is anger was when he feels anger at han his father vader's presence was called upon by the system this is the language of systemic theory Vader's presence or the idea or his role was called upon by the system to triangulate into that conflict between Ben and Han or even between Ben and Luke or something. And so Vader is, is frequently triangulated into these conflicts that are happening. Maybe there was a conflict between, we know there's a conflict between Han and Leia. Maybe Ben and Vader were triangulated into that conflict as a way of trying to stabilize the system. In Bowen's differentiation theory, he talks about how when there's a conflict, a third is triangulated in, and they become stable over time, and this affects individual personalities as they develop, particularly in children. I know that there were no uh, Force ghosts in this episode, Yeah, but 
assuming that they're not going to fully write that off as being canon. And by the way, I hope they don't because it is a key point in episodes one and two and to the lesser extent, oh, sorry, episodes four and six, four and five, and to a lesser extent, episode six. In other words, A New Hope, Ben, Ben's like, listen, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. If there are no Force Ghosts, then that's bullshit, <laughs> right? right? So imagine that early on, yeah. But but it's possible that Luke's the only one who's got the Force strong enough to maybe see the Force ghosts or whatever, uh. right? But I was thinking, like, it'd be interesting if early on, what if the Emperor has a Force ghost? Oh. Uh. You know? Yeah. Or Because we don't know much about the Snoke guy. What if the Snoke guy is the Emperor's Force ghost? Because <laughs> we've only seen a hologram of him. I don't know. Yeah. But, but I was thinking, because the Emperor certainly would have a vested interest in... Uh, kind of. Oh, but you know the problem with the emperor being a force ghost is that I I did get the sense that only good guys end up being able to go to force ghost heaven. Right. So maybe that won't work. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, sorry. One more thing. But I also was thinking that the uh, Kylo Ren in the very young he he must have been born soon after the end of the Endor battle. Right. Because he's about thirty. You know, it's been about thirty years and such. So. He was born during what? Oh, sure, the war is over. Well, no, I'm sure there were lots of other little pockets of battles that had to be fought. As you were saying earlier, Leia was probably like, geez, I got this newborn, but I, they, they want me to govern. I got to do stuff, right? Yeah. And Han is probably in the middle going like, oh, I don't know. Can we just settle down? So his, his life from a very young baby age right. was, even if they weren't fighting all the time, it was certainly probably moving around a lot. Right. Lots of like, so already there is an instability in his sis family system. Right. More research, just to close this is that when you have destructive, what they call destructive conflict in the research literature, destructive conflict in the parent, with the parents, for the children, it leads to hostility, according to research. It leads to anger for the children. And it leads to conflict, conf, conflict tactics, such as physical aggression, verbal aggression, threatening other people, and insulting other people. So research shows that when your parents are conflicting in a destructive way, which we could imagine Han and Leia having destructive conflict instead of constructive conflict, because, you know, all parents conflict, but there's a difference, there's a spectrum between constructive and, and destructive. The more destructive, the more the child will exhibit hostility, anger, aggression, threatening, this sort of thing. And it threatens your attachment security. We've talked about that before in terms of how secure you feel attachment-wise. And clearly, Ben or Kylo Ren suffers from attachment insecurity. He is pushing people away. He's pulling people close. That's just the force power. Yeah. And so uh, so that's what that research says. All right, what's the final word on the psychology of Kylo Ren? Well, actually, now that you've laid down some of this research and we've talked about it, I get the following picture. Young boy, or, you know, baby is born into a, a difficult family situation already that even though the two love each other, the surrounding circumstances make it chaotic. And they're somewhat incompatible as a couple. And they're somewhat incompatible. And then soon after, I'm betting as a very young child, this boy starts probably showing force science yeah. and starts showing like dark side behaviors and then it gets all worse because they're like oh 
he because he probably starts exhibiting this because of the family problems, and they're like, "Oh, he's exhibiting this. Let's send him away to Luke." Now, maybe there's a little period of quiet, but then Snoke gets involved and then triggers all the worst of his right. baggage, and then all hell breaks loose. So yeah. I, I do think that if he was, if he had been born into a stable family, he probably would have been a Jedi Knight. Yeah. Yeah, I would say what I would emphasize in terms of what you're saying is, yeah, he has a difficult childhood, which leads to personality problems and, and immaturity and lack of emotional regulation and attachment and security and uh, impulses for aggression and narcissism. And this leads him to the dark side. So that's, that's the final word on the psychology of Kylo Ren. Thanks for joining us out yeah. there. Please take care of yourself because you deserve it. <laughs>